0: Okay, well, we've been uh, looking at the I Ams of Jesus uh, in John, and uh, we've been having one or two different uh, people from church who's speaking, and uh, again, uh, w- next week, uh, it's me, so if you don't want to be here, that's fine, but, um, and th- but then we'll have some others as well. But this week, uh, Mr. Anderson, Mick, is going to come and speak to us. Let's welcome Mick. Come on. Come on.
1: So what we're doing this week, we're continuing the series we've started, uh, where we're looking at the the I Am's in John's Gospel. So this week, I plan to sort of take you through the one where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Um, So I'd like to pray before we start. Um, Father, I ask that you... Give me the words that will bring your word in the Bible to life. I pray that the people here will listen and understand. And for some people, it will, I don't know, give them an uplift. Give them something to aim at. Maybe even give them questions, Lord. So we ask all this in in your name. So, following a good mentor, Mark, we always must, we think, start off with context. Where was Jesus? What was he doing when he, said the, when, he, when he said these I am statements? So, it was the seventh month of the Jewish calendar, and the people were gathering in Jerusalem for the Feast of the Tabernacles. So the Feast of the Tabernacles was one of three major festivals uh, of the Jewish year. And for this, the Jews were required to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to to worship in the temple. So the city and the surrounding areas were crowded with people who were attending this feast. Now the Feast of the Tabernacles uh, is also sometimes called the the Feast of the Booths. Uh, It was an eight-day festival where the Jews would build temporary shelters and live in them for the duration of the the festival. So these booths were just basic shelters uh, made from various types of trees. Uh, And living in these booths was to help the Jews reflect on the 40 years that their ancestors roamed the desert. And also again to reflect on the provision that God made for them during this time. It was also a time of thanksgiving uh, for the harvest and looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. So every day the people would worship in the temple and would make sacrifices. To allow us to fully understand the atmosphere and tension around Jesus at this time when he makes this statement that I am the light of the world We need to go back to chapter 7, because chapters 7 and 8 are actually quite closely linked together. What's actually written in these two two, two chapters would make a really good preaching series, (laughs) actually. um, So that's how much is in that. So in chapter 7, we find Jesus in Galilee with his brothers, who are encouraging him to, to go to the festival and to share his word. Jesus tells them that this time has not yet come and he will not be going. However, after they've left, Jesus leaves Galilee and travels in secret to Jerusalem. And around halfway through the festival, he starts preaching in the temple. And as is normal for him the people listening to him are divided into three main groups. There are those who think he's the Messiah. There are those who think he's a prophet. And there are those who think he's a blasphemer or demon-possessed. Or demon so we come now come to the last day of the festival. And Jesus is causing such an uproar with his teaching that the Pharisees and chief priests send the temple guards to arrest him. But even the guards were amazed by what he was saying and returned to the Pharisees empty-handed. And Jesus slipped, slips away. So the, so the, the festival is now finished. It's the, like, the day after. So early in the next day in the temple courts, the Pharisees bring a woman who was caught in adultery to Jesus in an attempt to catch him out. I mean, we all know this story, and it's not something we were looking at today. And after this, he spoke to the people. So we're taking up the reading, and it's um, as we say, John chapter eight, and we're starting at verse twelve. When Jesus spoke to the people again. He said, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." The Pharisees challenged him, "Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid." So Jesus answered him, "Then even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid." For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you have no idea where I've come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your your own law is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is my father who sent me. Then they asked, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not come. Once more Jesus said to them, I'm going away. You will look for me and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But Jesus continued, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this this world. I am not of this world. I told you... That you would die in your sins. And if you do not believe me, believe that I am He, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? They asked. Just what I've been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you all. But He who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from Him, I tell the world. They still did not understand but he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, "'When you you have lifted up the Son of God, "'then you will know that I am he "'and that I do nothing on my own "'but speak just what the Father has taught me. "'The one who sent me is with me. "'He has not left me alone, "'for I always do what pleases him. "'Even as he spoke, many believed.'" To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we should be set free? So Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in a family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you, what I've seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham's <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's father, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who's told you the truth that I've heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You're doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, If God were your father... If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I've not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar, and the Father lies. Yet, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin if I'm, if I'm telling the truth? Why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is because you do not belong to God. The Jews answer him. Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I'm not possessed by a demon, said Jesus. I honour my father and you dishonour me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will not see death. And at this they exclaimed, now we know you're demon-possessed. Abraham died so the, so, and so did the prophets yet you say whatever obeys your wo- whoever obeys your word will never taste death death are you greater than our father abraham he died and so did the prophets who do you think you are so jesus replied if i glorified myself my glory means nothing my father whom you claim to take- Is the one who. Sorry, I've now lost. Um, is the one who glorifies me, though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I'd be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not fifty years old, they said to him, and you've seen Abraham. Very truly. I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. And at this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself and slipped away from the temple grounds. So, for the Jews, the statement, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will walk in darkness but will have life was outrageous, blasphemous, blasphemous, and dangerous. In the Old Testament God revealed his name to the Israelites. Uh, Exodus three, verse fourteen I am who I am. This is what you say to this is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So in Jew, Judaism It is unquestionably understood as a name of God. So whenever Jesus makes an I am statement in which he claims attributes to his deity, he's actually identifying himself with God. By calling himself the light, Jesus further tells them that he is God. Because through our Bible, the word light has always been associated with God so on two counts he has told them he's God what's really strange is that the magnitude of this statement he made passes the Pharisees by and they start to argue about, with Jesus about his fidelity in law so this argument as we've just read continues on through chapter 9 with Jesus pointing out to them who he is and who they are uh, Again, if you read through that, that passage, you'll see there's, there's lots in there where, where Jesus is, gives them the opposites. You know, I'm from the Father, you're not, um, type things. Uh, so who he is and who they're not. But the Pharisees were unable to accept anything that Jesus told them. They were in fact blind to who he is. And start insulting him, calling him a Samaritan and a demon possessed. Again, as you read through, you, you kind of get the feeling towards the end that Jesus is becoming extremely frustrated with them. So, right at the end of that verse, so in that chapter, he says to them, "Very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am." By again using God's name, I am there is now no mistaking that Jesus is saying he is God and existed before Abraham. The Pharisees at this point suddenly understand what Jesus is saying to them, that he is God on earth, and they pick up stones to stone him. So if we believe that Jesus is God, and he is the light of the world and we are never walking in darkness, but will have the light of life. What does that mean to us as Christians and as a church? So in Matthew 5, verse 14, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do the people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. But how do we be the light of the world? So God takes people like you and I, very ordinary people, and he uses us to share his message. And we share that message with people who need him. When we share our faith, we actually share our light. And when we accept Christ into our lives, we become his light in the world. And we are saved. To, and, we're saved and we're saved. to shine his light. So I ask you that not to hide your faith or be afraid to give your testimony, but be out there in the world and be his light. Other things we need to do is we need to take our light where it's dark. So Jesus in the passage said he was the light of the world. Not the light of the church, not the light of the Christians, but the light of the world. That means we need to go beyond these walls and take the light out there wherever it's dark. Now, for a lot of us, that's a scary old thing, getting out there, talking about our faith, talking about the church, talking about God, talking about Jesus. But if we want to be his light, again, in the world, we need to do that. But if we shine together as a church, all of us working together for this, it is so much better. Jesus also talked about the strength of the collective light. Each house in a city, with its lights on, casts a glow across the sky. And as Christians together, there is a glow for the Lord that we cannot create individually. So what we're saying there, as I just said, is you know, we, when we do our bit, we shine the light. But when we do everything together, it's so much stronger. As Christians together, there's a glow for the Lord we can't create individually. We shine brightest when we come together. And we need to put aside our differences as Christians and work together to bring the light, God's light, to this very, very dark world. But how can we shine for God? Jesus says that we are to set to let our light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So that's Matthew five sixteen. And that's how we should do it. We live for God. We have to surrender our lives to him completely. Christ says we're to let our light shine. In other words, we need to get right with God and be filled with the Holy Spirit and he will simply shine through us. So that's all I have to say today. But I ask you that uh, if any of you feel that, that the light within you is dulled, diminished, then perhaps you might want to come to the front later and Mark, Ashley, myself and others will pray for you. If you want to find out more about this light... Again, come to the front, talk to one of us. And yeah, we will talk to you about Jesus, the light, his grace, and everything. So, thank you.
0: Let's take a minute to to reflect on that and to pray. So, Mick just talked about surrendering our lives to Christ, the one who is the light of the world. And that his light will shine through us. Just, uh, let's take a moment right now. Just think about where we're at right now in our circumstances, in our families, our marriages, our work. Jesus said I'm the light of the world and then he says you are the light of the world so first of all we come and we surrender our lives to him that his light might shine in us that he might be seen let's take just a moment what areas would you say are not fully surrendered to the Lord just invite the light of Christ to come right now into your situation love that phrase the light's needed in the darkest places Lord, we welcome that light. I am the light of the world. Give us eyes to see and give us hearts to respond. Lord, we don't want to be like those Pharisees who were blinded, blinded by history and tradition, legalism, by their own self-righteousness. Lord, we... We say, open our eyes and flood us with your light today. Let our lives be flooded with you. Flooded with your light. Let our marriages, our families, our our workplaces, let your light come. Your presence in us. Again, let's respond. We surrender That His light would shine through us. Lord, we give you the coming days and the coming weeks. We give you our anxieties and concerns. Let Your light shine. And then we pray, Lord, that You would make us lights in this dark world that your light would shine with, through us. Help us to have the, the eyes of Jesus, the, the voice of Jesus, the hands of Jesus, that we might be a blessing, that the goodness, the light of Christ, the light of the world would shine through us. Help us to be gentle. Help us to be kind. Help us to be compassionate and loving, grace-filled, that the light of Christ would shine through us. Lord, we pray that we would be known as people of the light, that we would bring light into darkness, into places of fear and anxiety. Pray for those who are working day by day in, in a workplace where they our meeting regularly with people who are fearful or wounded or hurting, whether physically, emotionally, mentally. May we be the bringers of light, the light of Christ. We pray for our neighbourhoods and our workplaces, that we might be people that others want to be around, that our reputation would be those we are light bringers, because Christ is in us. Oh, Father, we we thank you that your light shined in our lives. Once we were dead, we were dark, but now your light has come. We thank you. We thank you. Help us to shine your light in every situation, every circumstance. Thank you for these words today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mick. Much appreciated. If you would like uh, prayer in any way, we always love to pray for people. Please feel free to, to come forward and pray.